We're in Nehemiah series right now called Let's Go. And uh, we've been looking through chapters one. We're going to end through chapter two today. But Nehemiah is a cupbearer in Persia. He, he, he tastes the food and the, and the drink before King Artaxerxes ever gets it. No pressure there, right? But if there's some juju in that juice, Nehemiah is going to be the one that gets it on him and in him and deal is done, right? If he gets some bad stuff, but he's burdened, he's passion for Jerusalem. He hears reports from his brother that, that the walls in Jerusalem lay in rubble. The temple's been rebuilt. You remember years ago through Serubable, uh, 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 through Nebuchadnezzar's destruction of everything, that, that, that the walls lay in shambles. And, and, and now Nehemiah is hearing the reports and how can God's holy city, huh? God's holy city, God's chosen people, that wall needs to be rebuilt. Walls back in those days were significant. It protected people. They were, they were signs of, 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 of power. They were, they were beautiful things as well. And Nehemiah's burden for it. He's heard the reports. He's never been to Jerusalem. But he begins to pray. And God begins to speak to him, giving him a vision to do something about it. Hallelujah. We looked at last week that he goes before the king. He's been praying for around four months and he comes before the king and the king says, why do you look so sad? What's going on? Have you had a bad day? What's up, Nehemiah? I've never seen you look this way. And he begins to articulate his burden for the walls of Jerusalem. He then asks the king for permission to go and do something about it. I tell you what, I love people that see a problem and they want to do something about it. I, I, I like people who, who see a situation that, that needs to be changed or adjusted or, 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 or something needs to be done. And I love people who say, you know what? I want to be a part of that change. I want to be a part of the solution. Are you with me there, right? Now, I know it's so easy oftentimes for us to pray, hey, God, would you just change that situation or, hey, God, would you just reach that person or God, would you just send someone into their life to, to point them to Jesus versus saying, God, here am I, use me. God, here am I, send me. Nehemiah is that, here am I, Lord, I'm going to do something about this. We read last week that, that he asked the king for letters. The king grants him letters. Why would Nehemiah need letters? Because Nehemiah understood something that I think all of us need to understand. Not everyone is on the Lord's side. Not everyone is on the Lord's side. Nehemiah understood that as he made his way, if he went to Jerusalem to rebuild this wall, that there was a good chance that he would face opposition. And can I just tell you something? Anytime you set out to do something for God, anytime you set out to be a part of anything that represents heaven and the light, there will be an enemy of darkness that will come and try to keep you from doing it. Are you with me there? Hey, husbands, try to love your wives in a God-honoring way and see what the enemy throws at you. He hates your marriage. He hates it right now because marriage was created by God between a man and a woman, and he hates that. And he will do anything he can to cause a little rift. Or, you know, anybody, any married people know what I'm talking about? Come on, how many of you are in a big old fight right now? Let me see those. No, just don't do that. That's embarrassing. Don't do that, Okay. 
Anytime we represent things of God, we need to know that there's going to be an enemy that will oppose that. So Nehemiah understands that he asked the king in chapter two, the first part of chapter two, hey, would you grant me some letters? Look what it says in verse nine. We looked at this last week. He says, when I came, uh, he gets these papers from the king. He says, when I come to the, when I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I, I delivered those king's letters. I delivered the letters, the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had done more than that. He actually sent along army of officers and horsemen to protect me. But here's the opposition, verse 10. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were very, what church? Come on, they were what? Displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. We shared this with you last week that Nehemiah gets a vision from God. He gets a plan. God's beginning to reveal a plan for him. And he believed that with God, he was able to do the impossible. And he steps out and takes a risk. For some of you listening here today, you, you, you remember last week, I challenged you with that a little bit. Hey, what is God calling you to do that maybe you feel inadequate? You've never done it before. You're not skilled enough, qualified. You don't even think you have the energy, time, or whatever. Let me just remind you of an 80-year-old by the name of Caleb one day that charged up the mountain and, and claimed that as his territory, right? You're not too old. If you're still breathing, God's not done with you, right? He's not. Nehemiah gets these letters because he knows that he's going to face opposition. He knows that he needs letters for the, for the, for the king's um, uh, forest manager. I'm going to need some wood. I'm going to need to rebuild some gates and, and things of that sort. So he takes these letters, and sure enough, now we don't, I don't know if he, he really delivers these letters personally to, to Sanballat and Tobiah, but make no mistake, they hear about it because verse 10 says, they are displeased when they hear that this man, Nehemiah, is coming to rebuild the walls. These guys are kind of governors of provinces there in the area. And they see Nehemiah as a threat to maybe their leadership or their rule, reign, whatever you want to call it. But scripture says they are displeased. But listen, Nehemiah has papers from the king. I want you to remember that phrase today. Because before I let you out of here today around four o'clock, I'm going to remind you of something that, no, no, we'll get you out of here quickly. But, but I want you to know that there is a calling of God on every one of your lives. There is a calling of God. You may not see it yet. And you may be like Nehemiah. I'm going to give you some hope here later on. But listen, there, the king has given you some papers meaning that he's given you some authority to do some kingdom work for him. And he's calling you to do that. How will you respond to these papers that the king has given you? Look what Nehemiah does, beginning in verse 11. I don't think you have this. You'll pick it up in verse 12. It says, Nehemiah leaves there after getting these papers. He arrives in Jerusalem three days later. Verse 12 says, he slips out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans that God had put in my heart. Remember that, the plans that God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey that I was riding. After dark, I went through the valley gate, 
past the jackal's well and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and the burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So, though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back to enter again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know that I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. Let's just stop right there. Nehemiah is on this reconnaissance mission. Keep in mind, he, 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 he lives a desert away from Jerusalem. He's never been there. He's heard stories, but he wanted to go and see firsthand the destruction of the wall. And he was devastated with what he saw. He didn't alert the officials. He didn't want some pomp and circumstance. He didn't want anyone to know his plan yet. Because you see, here's the deal. Nehemiah was a man of prayer. And he understood that the plan comes through times of prayer. He's a great leader. And he knows that any good leader still assesses the situation they, before they jump into action. So he's still surveying. He's still looking. He's still hearing from God. And the plan that he puts together is a result of his time of prayer. Listen, I don't know what your prayer life looks like. I just know for me that I tend to rush it. I know for me, it's, it's, there's a tendency for me for my prayer to be all about what I want and the plans that I want. You know? And in fact, I oftentimes wonder, how come I have a plan or a vision for something, but yet it doesn't pan out the way that I think it should be? Well, it's because it's not... God's plan. It's my plan. Am I talking to anybody? Come on, somebody. Don't be making me feel like I'm the only one that ever prays selfish prayers. You know, Garth would write a song, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Sometimes God doesn't answer those prayers because they're not his plan for your life. And we ought to be thankful for that. Amen? Wow. Nehemiah's surveying. But Nehemiah also understands as he sees this rubble, Nehemiah begins to understand that this task it's too big for me. There, there, there is no possible way that, that I'm going to be able to do this by myself. He understands that, that it's going to require other people to be involved. In fact, to accomplish all that God has for this house, check this out. We're going to steal a page from Nehemiah's playbook. It's going to require all of God's people in order for us to accomplish it. Listen, God gave Pastor Angie and I a vision 16, almost 17 years ago now, before we ever launched this, as to a new work he wanted to accomplish here in Bernie, Texas. But we knew that it was a vision so big that we were not going to be able to pull it off on our own. It would require other people to be involved. Nehemiah sees this. And he understands, in fact, we get a snapshot of that in verse 16 because he begins to, to name all these officials and people that he's going to present this plan to. Listen, the, the, the call of this house is so big that it's going to require all of us to be willing to reach down and get our hands dirty, to be willing to pick up a, an, an implement and be ready to get after it. Now, next week, I'm going to talk to you about how they built the wall. 
and the tools they had in their hands. And we're going to look and see, hey, you know how long it's taken us to get I-10 built out here? I tell you what, we need some Nehemiah people on the project. Amen. When is Bucky's coming? I'm, I need to do some Christmas shopping, but I'm going to be an old man before it's here. Give me some beaver nuggets. You know that's hallelujah. Some of y'all going, we should have gone to Methodist church today. He just said Bucky's at church. Nehemiah knew that the project was too big and it was going to require everybody to be a part of it. Everyone was going to have a role to play. Everyone was going to have, hey, this house that we're rebuilding here called 1910, it's going to require every one of us to be willing to get our hands dirty, to be a part of what God wants to do. The call on this house is too big for a staff. It's going to require all of us in this room and those of you even. We want to invite you to the party to help us fulfill the vision that God has for this house. Amen. Look what it says in verse 17. He begins to share the vision with people. Nehemiah speaks to these people that he's identified in verse 16. He says, now I said to them all, you know very well what trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. That's harsh phrasing there. And I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. Come on, what kind of work was it? It's good work. Ah, look at verse 19. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan. With names like that, I would be a little displeased probably and upset all the time too. What was my mom thinking? I mean, seriously. Sanballat? What? You might say they were kind of born with an attitude, right? But they asked, they heard of our plan, and they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king, they asked. And I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you, you, you have no share. You have no legal right or historic claim in Jerusalem. Nehemiah begins to share with the people. It's going to take all of us to rebuild this. And, and, and Nehemiah uses a phrase there in, 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 that says, we, we want to end this disgrace. You see, to Nehemiah and to every Jew, Jerusalem was the holy city of God. And for it not to be the grandest and the best, I mean, they had already suffered years of exile it had been destroyed. The wall still lays in ruins. This was a disgrace to Israel because they believed in 
their God, Yahweh. They did believe that he was the one true God. And how can they prove that whenever his most holy place, in fact, that very temple had been rebuilt and has been rebuilt, but the wall was not, but that temple symbolic of the very presence of God. But yet around it is ruins. It's a disgrace to the name. You know, I was thinking this week, and and I think I asked several questions or several people this question. Is our church a disgrace to the name of Jesus? You you know, the enemy would want us to think that, would he not? What needs to be rebuilt around here so that God can be praised? Is there some things? Let me make it a little bit, maybe even more personal for you. What about your life? Because not only is it easy for us to look and see the walls around a city. Listen, we're, we're not talking about walls around a city right now, but I'm talking about your life. Is your life a wreck? Does your life, is this a great picture of maybe where you're at today? Your life's been destroyed. You, you feel like you're just broken apart and, and your life is rubble. There is no hope. I'm glad you're here. I, I, I'm glad you're here. Well, what, what, what walls in your life need to be rebuilt? What, what walls in the life of this church need to be rebuilt? In fact, that's your homework assignment. Can I just give that to you? Come on, we're, we're, we're going to pray through that this week. And go, what is that in my life? needs to be rebuilt. What, what about in the life of this church needs to be rebuilt, God, so that you could be praised? So some of your lives are like that, and I'm just going to tell you something. I'm glad, I'm glad you're here today, not because, because I don't think that this is God's plan for you. This is. <laughs> God, 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 God doesn't want this to describe your life, but he wants to, he, check this out. He's going to put you back together. He wants to rebuild what the enemies destroyed in you. And I'm telling you, as great a leader as Nehemiah is, listen, there is someone that's even greater than that that can restore you and put you together. His name is that name we sang about. His name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. He's more than able to take what the enemy has destroyed. He's more than able to take whatever accusations have been hurled at you, and he's able to make something beautiful from it all. You just need to let him in. You need to say yes to him. Listen, I don't want to scare anybody, but I do believe that it's fourth quarter time. I do believe that the return of Jesus is near. And I do not want you to put off another day from saying yes to Jesus. Let him come in and restore you. Let him come in and put your broken life back together. Let Jesus have his way. He's the master artisan. He wants to put you... Mm restore you back to that beautiful thing that he created you to be. You see, Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. Let him in. Your coming today doesn't put you back together. Your being a good person doesn't put you back together. 
you giving money even today in my best box or whatever. Listen, that doesn't put you back together. What puts you back together is what you do with Jesus. Will you let him be Lord and Savior of your life? And let him in. Let him in. The people in verse 17 say, let's rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Verse 18, they say, let's rebuild that wall. And scripture says, so they began a good work. Now, let me just remind you of something. And I've already said it once, but I'm going to hit it again. That anytime you set out to do anything for God, there will be opposition. There will be people, again, I'm going to go to that marriage thing. Try to build a godly marriage and watch the enemy come and attack you. Parents, raise up your children in the ways of God and watch how he doesn't try to jack that up as well. Business leaders, try to lead your business in a God-honoring way with integrity, treating people like Christ would. And just watch how cutthroat business can be sometimes, right? The enemy's going to try to attack you. Hey, try to live for Jesus in your peer groups, students. Try to live for Jesus in the classroom, in the band hall, or on a platform, or on an athletic field, and just watch how the enemy... Listen, Satan hates anyone that is trying to advance and build the kingdom of God. And we see it here in Nehemiah chapter 2. Sanballat and Tobiah, they rise up. Can we go back to that slide about the enemy? And that's what he does through them. He's, he tries to distract. He, he tries to stop anything that you're going to do in the name of Jesus. What does that look like? It might be ridicule. It might be criticism. It, it, it might be um, trying to, to, to make you feel like you are incapable and just demean you criticizing constant things you're doing. It could be, could be gossip. It could be, listen, there are going to be so many things that the enemy will try to use to keep you from this. You see, th- 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 this, this is Satan's plan for your life. This is Satan's plan for this church. But this is God's plan for your life. And this is God's plan for this church. Are you with me? In response to all of their insults, in response to all the things that they were saying to him, Nehemiah replies in verse 20. I don't care what you say. The God of heaven is going to help us succeed. In that statement right there, Nehemiah is showing us that he does not fear what man can say. He has no fear of what they can do. He believes that his God is more than able. Come on, somebody. God of heaven will help us succeed. I said earlier that I believe that there's a kingdom call on all of your lives. Brent, will you come on back up? We're going to let these guys out because you guys have been so much better than the 930 crowd today. They were... (laughs) There's total chaos in here. Just kidding. No, they were awesome. And it was a powerful moment. 
But I shared with you guys earlier that I believe that in this room, there's a kingdom call in every one of your lives. I don't know if anybody's ever spoken that into you. Man, I know there's a kingdom call on your life because I've sat with you in a hospital room as you were taking stuff that just caused adverse effects on your body. Remember the pain you sat in? I knew that God wouldn't finish with you. Look at you now, right? And he's still working. He's still working in you, right? Raymond, when you look at Raymond, you just see the joy of the Lord. Raymond, there's a kingdom assignment on your life. God wants to do something through you. Not to say that you haven't been doing that, bro, but I'm just telling you, there's more. Every one of you in this very room, Kendra, there's a kingdom call in your life. There is. There's something God is going to do in and through you. And, and here's the deal. It, it's, no. There was another prophet by the name of Isaiah after Nehemiah that spoke these words that I believe is, is, is a word for someone today. <laughs> Isaiah says this. God says, I'm about to do something new. He says, see, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I, I'm going to make a, a pathway in the wilderness. I'm going to create what? Streams, rivers, in dry wastelands. Hey, what's the breakthrough that you need in your life today that you think that God's wanting to bring? Is there something new that you think the God of heaven wants to do through you? You hear us say it time and time again that if I'm still breathing, God's not finished. And you're here today. You're watching us online right now. <laughs> What's the new thing God wants to do through you? The enemy's going to attack. He's going to try to stop it. He's going to make you feel like you're... Listen, hey. <laughs> Nehemiah had never been to Jerusalem. He lived hundreds of miles across the desert from there. Ne Nehemiah was not trained in, in ministry. He was a government worker. He had never been to seminary, guys. He's a businessman. Yet he's the very one that God spoke to and said, I am going to use you to rebuild the wall. Not just you, Nehemiah. It's going to take all of us. Some things that are broken in this house. And God's calling all of us in this room to step up and play a role in the rebuilding of it all. Student ministry, God's answering and bringing. It's going to require some of us. By the way, parents' camp signups are underway and it's about to happen. Spots are limited. Stop by today and sign your kids up. Kids ministry, worship ministry, our, our, our giving, our tithing, financially, there's some work that we need to do, guys. We need to be faithful and give back to the king. What is it that God wants to do through every one of us? 
and, and let me just remind you that, 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 that God wants to do probably even greater things than, than, than what you think you're capable of. In fact, I, I, I love this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God wants to do so much more. It's going to require all of us. say something right now. There's a phrase they use in Israel today. It's a phrase, Aleya. Aleya. That means to return. See, the Jewish people, since Israel has become a nation again, have been returning from all parts of the earth. They've been scattered since biblical days. And they're now returning. They call it Alea. We're returning to the Holy Land. <clears throat> I want to say to those of you that are watching us today that have left, it's time to Alea. It's time for you to come home. enemies destroyed a lot it's time for you to help us rebuild we need you I need all of you it's time for us all to be willing to end the disgrace it's time for us to build a house of God. To be a witness to our community that's watching. It's time for us to love one another as we're commanded to in Scripture. Would you stand with me today? Ministry team, would you come stand with your pastor down front today? Today is a big day. I've cried all day. <laughs> if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, please hear my encouragement to you. But don't just listen to me. Right now, I believe that the Holy Spirit of God is making it uneasy for someone. Don't leave here today without saying yes to Jesus. You need Him. You need Him to come in and save you. You need Him to be Lord of your life. You need the transformation that only He can give. My friend, say yes to Jesus today. For others here today that feel like you're just done, I want you to know you're not. 
my friends stand down front. Look at all of you guys today. I think you guys are believing. I think y'all are believing, prayer team, aren't you? That there's some hurting people in this room. There's some people in this room today that need what you've got inside of you. And that's the Lord, right? They're going to stand down here. I'm going to pray and dismiss us. But if we can pray with and encourage you, do not miss this moment. Those of you that are watching online, fire off an email to us or something. We want to pray over your situation as well. And I hope that we will see you soon. Back in the house of the Lord. God, thank you that you are more than able. Lord, you always do infinitely more than we might ever ask or think. Lord, I believe that right now there's someone that's watching, listening, and someone sitting in this room that needs Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray that today, God, they would not leave here without saying yes to you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Father, for that person here that feels like they're too far gone, washed up, feel like they've been kicked to the curb. They've done too many bad things. People are saying all sorts of things towards them. I pray for that person as well. That God, they would understand that you are there with them in the midst of it. And you desire to step into their situation. You are God that brings beauty from ashes. You're a God that brings construction from the destruction. You bring transformation, new life, new beginnings, new hope. There's new outcomes waiting for someone today. I pray, God, that today they might just hang out for an extra few moments to receive that encouragement from our team today. And God, as we leave here today, I pray that we would know that not only are you present here in this room, but you're present with us wherever we go this week. Father, you walk with us. May we walk with you. Holy Spirit, would you guide us, strengthen us, use us for your glory. We pray all these things in the holy name of Jesus, that name above every name, Jesus. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.